If you're listening to this, chances are you are interested in changing your body. Perhaps you want to shed a few pounds. Maybe you want to tone up or build some muscle. Or maybe you're a caretaker for an elderly parent and you don't want that to be your future. Maybe you found your way here because you're frustrated with constantly dieting and not getting the results you want. But you're most likely here because you're interested in change, in improving your body composition or your health, or better yet, both. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from my usual message. Today, we're going to dive into the realm of toxic diet culture, which questions why you feel the need to change your body and challenges the notion that you should feel obligated to work towards a lean, strong, healthy body. This was a fantastic conversation that challenged some of my own deeply held beliefs and assumptions. So if you're someone who struggles with body insecurities and body image issues, Stick around. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. Hello, and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body you love for the rest of your life so that you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. We have a great show for you today. Katie Bramlett is here, and she's going to share her thoughts on today's toxic diet culture. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Silver Edge. The Silver Edge is my online nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle coaching business, catering to those of you over 50 who aren't ready to give up and buy into the common narrative of it's all downhill from here. At The Silver Edge, we take a health-first approach to working with our clients to help them build lean, strong, vital bodies that last. Look, there's no shortage of lose weight quick coaches and programs in the world, but here's the deal. You can either lose weight quickly or permanently. So if you're tired of losing and gaining the same weight over and over again, if you're tired of constantly dieting, if you have a poor relationship with food, exercise, and your body, then I invite you to book a call and see if our services are a perfect fit for you. The easiest way to do this is to head over to silveredgefitness.com and click on the coaching tab, or just shoot me an email at coach at silveredgefitness.com. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. My guest today is Katie Bramlett. Katie is the co-founder of WeShape, a company that challenges toxic diet culture and helps people feel better in their bodies as opposed to feeling the need to change their bodies. Join us today as we discuss today's toxic diet culture and how we can make peace with our bodies and overcome obstacles related to poor body image. Without further ado, let's meet Katie. Yeah, so my co-founder and I, we've both been in the fitness industry each like the last two decades for over about 20 years now. And we used to run a very successful online fitness company that sold various diets, weight loss products and exercise products that promised, you know, get a toned body, get a six pack. And I like to tell people that my Instagram life looked really good. My company was doing well. We had made the Inc. 500 three times. 
everything was great, but there was just something gnawing at me inside that I just still felt like this isn't the way I want to go, and I don't know which way it is, but even with all of this quote-unquote success, I, I don't feel settled. So I just started mm. investigating that further, and I just kept being curious about that feeling. And what ended up happening <laughs> is we ended up going a totally different direction. We ended up uh, not selling those products anymore. We ended up developing a technology-driven product that's rooted in movement and exercise science and getting people to connect with their body. We started sitting more on a mission of exposing the, the downside to some of these toxic beliefs that we have around diet and exercise and weight loss. And I think it, you know, part of what kind of pushed me to go there also was not just that own discomfort that I had inside, but it was that I watched thousands of people in our communities and buy our products. And even the people who had met the weight loss goals were still not happy. And so mm -hmm. I thought, mm, this is something more. This is not about weight loss. This is not about a number on a scale. In fact, I wonder if that's doing harm. So it was kind of like discovering that along the way that also really helped push us in this direction. So we shut all of that down and now we're in actual like startup mode. <laughs> so it's really funny to go from a really successful business into a self partially self-funded startup where you're kind of like anxiety driven. Are we going to get funding? <laughs> but ironically, I have the most peace I've ever had. So I'm just trusting the process. Thanks for sharing. There, There's a lot in there I, I really want to unpack. I love the way you describe it. I just didn't feel settled yourself. And I think what you're describing is maybe you were ill at ease with your product offering to the people you were offering to. What Pull that apart a little bit for us. It was sort of like it was like I was in a car going the right direction, but I was in the passenger seat and not the driver's seat. And I kept asking myself, you're getting everything society tells you you should have. Why aren't you happy? And I'm like, oh, it's some of these beliefs that I'm subscribing to that I'm getting external validation for. But when I really dig deep within, those are not the things that make a human being, a soul, a spirit really connected with self and actually fulfilled and satisfied and happy. So it was, it was all of it. It was, I don't want to sell weight loss. I don't want to promise people six pack abs. I, that is just so surface level to me now. And I, I need to get to the heart of this and get to the root of this and then also offer people a product. It's kind of like I wanted to figure out a way that we could be a, a fitness company, but offer, like if, if we didn't have, like if there wasn't any like marketing or this or that involved in the game, what would be the best for a human being in terms of their physical body, but also their emotional, psychological, and social well-being? Like if I could offer that and there was no financial anything attached to it, what would that look like? And it was not what we were doing. <laughs> so um, that's, that's kind of – that's how we decided to pivot. Yeah. So, okay. So it sounds like maybe your beliefs and your products, you didn't have full alignment there. And maybe those were some shifting beliefs. I, I would guess that you probably started that – company or that mission with the belief that, hey, people are trying to lose weight. People want to build muscles. They want to improve their body composition. Let's build a product to satisfy that need. You've probably felt good starting that, but then it sounds like over time you're starting to, like, you. I, I love the idea that you say, hey, we had people get results and it didn't bring them happiness. And I think that a lot of times you're exactly right. We do often equate, I'll be happy when and fill in the blank, whether, whether that's lose, I, when I lose 20 pounds, when I have a six pack, when, and 
I would strongly suggest that if you're not happy with where you are now, if you're not starting from a place of self-love, but rather a place of self-loathing, maybe disgust, and that's what's driving your transformation, you're probably not going to be happy on the other side of that. I want to put a pin in that because I, I suspect we're going to come back to that multiple times here in our conversation. But when I go onto your website, great big letters, right at the very top, it reads, we are breaking toxic weight loss culture through empowering people to connect with and care for their body. Let's start there. What are you talking about when you say toxic weight loss culture? Okay, it's a big one to unpack, but I'm going to try to simplify it. it. So I've been looking <laughs> at it through two lenses. Um, lens number one is like more of like toxic diet messages that we receive that create a lot of disconnection with food, um, disordered eating behaviors, uh, like, so it's like through the lens of the diet side, but then also through the, and there's a lot of people talking about that right now, but also through the lens of the toxic exercise side, which is like, I'm going to try this new program and I'm going to push through pain and I'm going to burn as many calories or I got to get my steps in for the day. Um, that is not connecting with your body. <laughs> so like that is like coming from a different belief system, right? Like I have to do this because this is what people tell me will make me feel the best. But I have a lot of questions and curiosity about that methodology, sort of this idea of no pain, no gain. Um, we actually say the opposite. If you have pain, stop. Something needs to be adjusted. And I believe that that mentality and that culture that we live in, which is push, 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 and like actually disconnect the messages from your mind and only, you know, or from your body and just just push. I actually believe everyone's an injury waiting to be to happen with that mentality. Um, I've had a number of physical therapists and doctor of physical therapies on my podcast. And they're like, yeah, people, th this is how I stay in business is that people have that mentality and they just go from fat exercise program to fat exercise program. And we really, in my opinion, should be looking at this through the lens of movement. It's like we do this like terrible thing in our culture where we like take the beauty and joy out of everything. It's like food is to be restricted, exercises to be punishment and painful. And I'm like, wait a minute, movement and connection with your body is like a beautiful expression of being a human being. And there is a way that we can go about this that better serves us. And same with food, right? Like people come in, they ask the question, this is like the first question everyone asks when they come into our community. Okay, how many days a week should I work out and what diet should I follow? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what does your body need? And they cannot, people are like, wait, what? What does that mean? I'm like, well, sometimes yeah. I work out three times a week and sometimes I don't work out at all. And sometimes I work out one day. I just have to like flow with what my body is telling me to do. And we have become a culture of disconnection from that because we seek our validation from the outside, not from the inside. And diet and exercise programs completely feed into that system. And so I'm trying to pave a new path and, and give people permission to connect with their body and themselves and not, there's no prescription to diet and exercise. It's very individual. Yeah, with you there. We're all 100% bio individuals. And I love that you talk about a culture of disconnection. I, I would wholeheartedly agree there with you. Now, would you talk about this toxic diet messages, toxic exercise messages? Why do you think, not so much why do you think those exist? I'll, we'll come back to that. But why do you think we buy into that as consumers? Why are we drawn to that? Because you're right. People are hopping from this fad diet to this fad diet right now, keto and intermittent fasting, they're all the rage. And we've got people jumping through these maybe more intense exercise programs. Why do you think we do that? Well, you know, 
One time I heard Oprah Winfrey say this thing, and I literally think about it multiple times a week. It's She said, you know, all human beings are trying to understand is, do you love me? Do you see me? Am I valuable? Am I worth it? And I think that as human beings, like that's what we're always trying to discover and answer those questions. And so we, most of us, many of us are conditioned to look outside of ourselves, and we like pick a highway to go down. And diet and exercise is a really easy one to pick because it's so validated by the culture that we live in that, yeah, go there, you'll get that validation there. So I think it's just this like fundamental need that we have as human beings to feel worthy and to feel valuable. And then I think it's just a perfect setup in our culture where we say, oh, we can dangle a carrot over here. You'll, you'll get those feelings if you try this. Yeah. So that brings me to my next kind of the follow, the natural to me follow on question. And that is because it's, it's our industry, right? It's the nutrition, diet, exercise health wellness industry that is pushing out these messages. We have the the cult of the before and after photos. We have the cult of skinny, the, the, all these different things. How did our, how did the machinery, the market machinery get so broken? Is it because that's what works for dollars? Is it because that's what triggers people's insecurities? What, how do we get here and how do we fix our industry and the messaging in there? I think how we got here is a really complex thing to answer. I think there's just a lot of history in how we got here. Somewhere along the way, we've decided that our worth was defined by how we looked. Maybe one day in a different time in my life, I can spend a lot more time on really understanding where that came from. But I, I think we got here by, yeah, saying our how we look is how we define our worth. And then I think that uh, you can change how you look through food and exercise. And so then the market said, wonderful, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to build some things that you could buy. And I think it was a perfect storm of that. And so in terms of how we change it, I mean, this is going to sound cheesy, but I really believe it's just one person at a time. And cultivating that validation from the inside, it's like I tell people in our community, because a lot of people say, well, how do I get motivated? I'm like, I hate that word motivated. Hmm. I'm like, how do you get inspired to care for yourself? That is a very different intention, right? Like, how do I, you know, the funny thing is I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years. I just started liking movement and exercise two and a half years ago. I hated it before. I used it as punishment. I used it to try to achieve something that a standard told me I needed to have in order to feel worthy. And the moment I said, I want to move so I feel good. I want to move so that I can enjoy a hike with a friend. I want to move for pleasure and, 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 and enjoyment. And I'm not going to put rules and restrictions and morality around how I do this. Everything changed for me. You don't have to, I don't have to push myself at all. And that's not motivation. That's me connecting yeah. with myself in a meaningful way that kind of I naturally, intuitively, instinctually want to care for my body. It's a totally different ex experience. It is. 100%. I, I, I'm tracking with you there. And it seems to me that it kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. I feel like that many of us start a, a health, fitness, weight loss, whatever, journey from a place of some sort of guilt, shame, self-loathing. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way I look. And it goes back to, we all want the same thing as human beings. I, I agree with you 100% on that. We all want love, validation, to feel heard, be seen. And that insecurity at, at the root and just our modern culture idolizing uh, just this, you know, this lean type 
look, I, I think that we prey on people's either intentionally or unintentionally, we're preying on these people. And so as a coach myself, who I've worked, I 100% work with people who want to lose weight, want to get fit, want to get back in shape, want to be strong, want to be capable, vital. But I'm always questioning that fine line of where we're talking about now, where, where do I draw that line between helping you achieve your goals, but not praying on quote unquote, praying on your mm. insecurities. And I think a lot of it comes down to helping people shift that mindset, right? From one of, I'm going to change because I don't like something about myself, which is a perfectly valid reason to, to change something. I, I believe um, if you want to improve your health and deciding to take some steps towards that, I think that's a fantastic idea. But that's not, a, like you said, motive, you don't like the word motivation. I don't like the word motivation or even so much just grit or determination or willpower because both of those things, the grit, willpower, and the motivation won't sustain you long time. You had said, hey, I did X, these exercises I didn't like to get this, a lean, healthy body, right? If we can somehow change that conversation, turn it upside down as opposed to I have to do this in order to have this to make it to change somebody's mindset to a place of self-love, to a place of I love to do these things because I love who I am. I love who I'm becoming. Then we're in a whole different state, right? I, I often say that for for clients, the number one predictor of you being long-term successful to build it, let's I'm going to go ahead and say it, a lean, healthy, strong body, right? Is, isn't whether you can, you have the determination, you have the, the motivation, or you can follow a framework, mine or somebody else's. It's not that at all, because that will get you temporary results if, if you stick with it, but it's more that mindset shift, right? How can I, how can I learn to love this process? How can I learn to love myself? How can I learn to love the things that I'm doing and the results that I'm getting? Does, does any of that resound with, or, Oh, I think this is a great time for me to share the, the four step approach that we shape takes. We have four pillars when people come to we shape and it is rooted in movement versus exercise. Very different things. Like how do you move in your body in a way that's biomechanically correct for you? Um, so that's why we have a technology driven product that allows people to um, interact with the product in real time and make adjustments that work for them. There's not a one size fits all um, exercise product. The second thing is rooted in beliefs. So our our behaviors stem from our belief system. So if we believe that we're worthy, if the scale says this certain number and we're trying to, we might find that that's actually not true. So we re, that's why we have a podcast. We have educational resources. We want people to examine the beliefs they have because we often find that some of the beliefs that we have, many of them are not even rooted in fact or truth. Um, the, the third thing is community. So we, we have daily live like, uh, community calls and Q and A calls with our coaches about movement. And we have podcast discussion groups and we have experts come in and lead series. And I do that intentionally because if I'm going to say, Hey, I'm unsubscribing to the popular belief system in our culture, that's going to be hard because everyone mm. around me is going to most likely be participating in the old narrative. So we have community here as a way of saying, hey, surround yourself with people who are on the same path, who are healthy for you, who are supporting your new journey. And then we really hope that by the end of this, uh, people's intentions will shift. So many, I mean, intention, in my opinion, is everything. Your intention is what drives that belief, what drives that behavior, what drives your outcome. And my, what we see often is that people come into WeShape 
to lose weight or to change something about themselves. And they often end up at a, at a place with a different intention. And instead of I should, <laughs> they usually often leave with an intention of, oh my gosh, I have learned how to connect with myself in a new meaningful way that is derived by me and not by somebody else. So we often have, I had this woman one time on a call said, you know, I was 70 years old and every time I looked in the mirror, I heard other people's voices, my mom, my sister, Mm -hmm. my social media, whatever saying, not good enough, lose weight, fat, this, that. And after just 30 days of being here, I'm like, I'm listening to my voice. And that is the voice that's most important. So I give this analogy of like, I think that we're all born with two dials, internal dials. Sort of like one is like our true self and one is sort of messages from the outside. And I always say, you know, babies have the inside voice turned to a 10. Like they don't care if you're in a meeting, you're going to change that diaper or feed them if they need it, right? And as we as we get older, the internal dial of what we know is best for us often gets turned down. And the external dial of things that we are told by other, by caregivers, by culture, by friends, by whoever, is often louder than the internal dial. So if I can get someone in we shape, yeah, they're going to come in for a workout. We've got that. But if they can actually like stay or leave with that internal dial getting turned up, we, we've been successful with that client. So that's what we're yeah, trying to get them to do. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. And I, as you as you say all this, it occurs to me, my marketing entrepreneur brain is kind of spinning. And when you say things like we have a podcast, we have these communities, we have all this messaging and I, similar, right? I, because of what I'm selling is not a, hey, lose 20 pounds in two months, guaranteed. Drink this, you know, buy my secret smoothie recipe that requires some education. It requires some retraining. It requires, like you said, just unplugging or disconnecting from the all of that other media that's saying the opposite. And it requires these longer, more nuanced discussions, right? About mm-hmm. what you what you want, how how to get there. And I, I yeah, I, I love all of that. So I I wanted to. I go mean, it's back. bringing me to like, if you don't mind me sharing this one thing that happened because it's sure it's it's like people come in here and they go, I want to work out or I want to lose weight, and then I'm like, surprise, we're actually taking you down a pretty intense path. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, right. Um, I had this uh. Uh, psychologist on our podcast one time and she said something so profound to me. She was like finishing up her degree and she was deciding which specific niche she was going to go into and she realized across across all psychological uh, you know challenges that or or disorders or was like this this underlying root thing that it, it, that was that people didn't love their bodies. And she was like, I want to go into that because she saw this commonality, not to say that's the cause of maybe, you know, a certain, you know, chemical imbalance, but it was, she was like, I saw this across everywhere, which showed me that this exists in the inner fabrics of our entire culture. And if I could help people learn how to love their body, that would be at least a big piece of the puzzle. And so I think that we don't even preach like body positivity or any of that here. It's like all about acceptance about neutrality, around being curious, around around self-kindness. So I think it's important to mention that because I think this is not, this is, we don't have like uniqueness in this. I think that most human beings struggle with the acceptance of their body, with messages from the culture, with, I mean, these are very difficult things, but I, I share this because I think it's worthwhile. 
And when people come in and they're like, oh, no, I just want another thing. I'm like, well, how is that working for you? Most people come to us after they've been in this for three, four decades. I'm like, it didn't work. So why not invest the time in something that we know will probably actually help you at least emotionally, right? I know physically it will help you because I'm giving you a program that's rooted in exercise science and you're probably going to be on less pain. But what if we also could tackle some of these emotional and psychological things that we've picked up along the way? I think it's worthwhile. I think it's worth the time. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, I think it, that as coaches, if we don't change mindsets, belief systems, relationships with ourselves, exercise, food, we're not going to have any long-term, our clients will not have long-term success. Um, and that brings me to my question, because you and I both work with pretty similar populations, uh, I think probably age-wise, as well as people, these are not people who have, this is their first try at, at, at making, let's say, body change. Whoa. What what is wrong with with we we talked about diet culture, but what's wrong with diets? Why don't diets work? Why do I mean they work until they don't? Why why aren't diets effective for long term body composition management? Let's say hmm. this is a really complex question too. I think that um well there is data to show that it's over ninety eight percent of diets don't work. Yeah. Um, and I actually argue that it's longer than that because I feel like if you just followed people long enough, then eventually they would say I'm not doing that anymore. I think that we think that we're so evolved in the science around food, and I don't think we really is, are as much as we are. Like, what we know about food today versus, like, 100 years ago is vastly different, and what we think we're going to, like, if we felt, got, you know that feeling of, like, oh, I got the best diet. It's like, well, in 100 years, basically everything we know about food today will shift. So I yep. kind of want to, like, just throw that out just a little bit as a way of offering ourselves a little bit more kindness. Because when we think we found the diet that's the best thing – then if we don't follow it, then we judge ourselves for not doing it. So yes, there are some foods that my body agrees with more than others. I try to get in tune. And I also know that there are people who who struggle with chronic illness who really have to be more mindful. And I'm not discrediting that mindfulness. But I think in diets in terms of like rules and body composition shifting, I don't think they work because I think they're mostly rooted in morality. And uh, food mm. and the way we eat is not a moral thing. You're not a bad person if you don't eat. And it, it goes back to that cycle you were talking about. If we're if we have a diet and then we don't follow it and then we assign morality to it, we're not gonna we're not really gonna benefit in the long term through shame and guilt, right? So we take a real intuitive eating approach here because we believe that the science is always evolving around food. We believe that there shouldn't be morality assigned to what people eat. And diets really diets really are set up for all of that. So I, I think that that's probably one of the big pillars is that we've assigned morality to food. And then we act out of a place of guilt, shame, and punishment. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly that we've assigned morality to food. Clearly, diet culture has the, this is good food, this is bad food, and that changes depending on who you listen to or between generations, right? And I think that also we very commonly assign that same good and bad to ourselves. I'm, oh, I was good I because I stayed on whatever diet I said I was going to do. Oh, I was bad this weekend because I you know, you weren't good. You weren't bad. You didn't eat bad foods or good foods. So I do think that that has a lot to do with, with diets. I also feel like there's so much emphasis on the diet itself and not what happens before a diet, i.e. let's make sure you're metabolically healthy enough to start a diet. And then what happens after, because really the diet is the least important part of a long-term lifelong healthy relationship with your body and as well as having a lean, strong, capable 
Don't Strong you also body, think right? it has something to do with like acceptance over like there's not really one body type that is better than another? I mean, I think that body types are so trendy. And I'm like, body mm. types aren't trends, right? There's actually a lot of research that's coming out around people in bigger bodies that they're healthier than we ever thought. It's like, I feel like everything in the fitness industry, whether it be around body size or weight or diets or exercise programs is all rooted in judgment. And I'm like, what if you just like, I think so for me, I'm like, everybody has a different set point that their body feels great at. And sometimes we fluctuate in and out of that. And mine is going to be different than yours. And yours is going to be different than somebody else's. And how do we find acceptance in what our body needs rather than looking outside of us to say like, oh, that person over there on the cover of the magazine, that's health. I'm like, that person could, in fact, I've had a ton of fitness models on our podcast. They all talked about how miserable they were emotionally, right? Like we've made food this like checklist. I'm like, I want to go enjoy a meal with a friend. What about the pleasure and joy I get from that? Is that, does that count as something? Does that count? I mean, if you're, if you're really need to lose weight or really want to lose weight and you're stressed out, is that helping you? I don't know that it really does. Uh, yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with that. That absolutely being stressed out about it is not helping you even a little bit. And I also agree that certainly when we look at the front cover of fitness magazines and we see these shredded men and women on there, that is not the pinnacle of health. Those people, I mean, uh, for a guy to be sub 5% body fat, for a lady to be sub 10, that's not a healthy place to be. That's an extreme aesthetic look that somebody does because, you know, you're a bodybuilder or you're a fitness model, but that is not. <laughs> and if they <laughs> want to do that, I don't yeah. have judgment around Fantastic. that. My co-founder, yeah. he is like, he goes hardcore at everything he does in life. And one of them is extra Exercise. And I'm like, wonderful for you. I'm not going to the gym for two hours a day, but you love it. That's your hobby. That's fine. Sure. I'm not going to judge it, but I'm not going to hold it as a standard for men have to look this way. Right. It's like, to me, well, it's like we've, we've gone so we've gone so astray from like, can we just let human beings be a human being? <laughs> Okay. I, I love this conversation. This is specifically why this is the part of the conversation that I was really looking forward to having with you. Cause I think this is where we kind of split paths a little bit and I really want to know your thoughts on this. So I, I'm with you to a point, but at what point do we say that when we look at say the healthy at any size movement, it, yes, a bigger body can be a strong, capable, healthy body. However, up to a point, right? We know that there's new research coming out saying that muscle type, specifically type two muscle fiber is the organ of longevity, critical for healthy aging. At what point do we say that somebody who is say obese, we can't call them healthy. We can call them happy. We call them, we call them healthy in a bunch of ways. We can say you're spiritually happy. You're emotionally happy. You're or healthy. you you have all these health in all these realms. You probably don't have physiological, biological health. At what point do, where do we draw that line? Where do we say, Hey, because that I want you to, I want to convince you like the, like the pastor at church wants you to come to church and get saved. I, I want you to at least explore the option of this side of the fence, that it's not that you don't have to give up all the things that you love to, to eat and you don't have to slave away. Like you said, I don't want to spend two hours a day in the gym, but basic care and feeding of your physical body, which is our, it's just the machinery for our sacred selves, our souls, that basic care and feeding will help us enjoy, I believe will help us have a longer, fuller, more enjoyable life, that, that more, that richer health span. And when I've not had somebody on the show yet, who's kind of had more of this, Hey, we're, 
can we be accepting of all types? Yes, 100%. If you're not accepting of all types, that's, that's some issues you need to work on. But how do we as health professionals, fitness professionals, nutrition professionals, where's that line? I love that you're so open for this because um, I think I just want to commend you for that. I think not a lot of people are curious. I think we're, you know. Um, so what I want to say about that is if somebody is struggling with that, it's none of my business. And so what I what I do every morning when I wake up is I say, universe, bring me people who are ready for we shape. Bring me people who are ready mm -hmm. for the message. I'm not here to convince anyone. And if someone is struggling in their body and part of their weight is affecting their health, I believe that it's their responsibility and their journey to get to a point where they say, oh, I need to do this, or oh, I feel like I need to do this, or oh, I'm uncomfortable, or oh, I, you know, I want to be able to do this thing with my family. But I don't believe that it's my job to tell them or convince them that it's their job to do that. I'm just saying, like, I believe in movement, and I believe in intuitive eating, and I believe in accepting everyone for who they are and where they are, and it's not my job to convince anyone to, to come over. Um, and so I don't know if that's like skirting your question or answering your question, but I think as a, as a professional in this industry, I want to just offer total love and acceptance for, for wherever people are. And, um, I kind of, you know, I just, I don't believe that it's my job to convince anybody of anything. I feel like if people are, every person is born and they get to choose what path works for them. And maybe that path is working for them. And for me to look at them and, and based on their aesthetics, say, this is my assumption. This is my judgment. This is what I know science to be true. It's like, what about people who are struggling on the inside with their brain? Like, just because somebody might be struggling physically, I just don't know that it's really my job to, I don't know anything about that person, right? Like, they might be the happiest person ever. And you might have a super toned fit person who, you know, lives longer, but they're miserable, so it's yep. like, I, I just, I guess I can just say, I feel like it's not really my place. I feel like it's not really my responsibility and everyone's on their own path and we all struggle with our own things. And um, a lot of things that I feel like we struggle with sometimes are out of our control. And it is, we do all have to get to a point in our life where most of us are going to have to ask for help in some way, shape or form. I've definitely been there in my life. And when that person or somebody who might be struggling gets to that place, then I'm available. And if they're not, I want to love them anyway. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I, and I, I think I see here what you're saying. I, I also feel strongly about loving and accepting people exactly where they are. And that's part of my message is hardcore. Look, if you can't love and accept yourself right where you are, you're going to have a, you're going to have a hard time in, in a lot of different arenas, but specifically in say the, the body change. And I love that. I think the difference between us is your, your calling is, Hey, the universe is going to bring me people when they're ready for my message. And that's going to happen. And I, I feel almost called to, what did you say? Uh, it's not my business to go out and try and convince people or to change people. And I feel like it is mine. I feel like <laughs> I have, I've had this amazing look and I, I realize how this sounds, right? But let me just try and stumble my way through this. I'm to here. Talk to yeah. you about how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I'm thinking on the fly here, but I just have this calling. I feel so strongly about this transformation, this life transformation that is possible for all people. But the other side of me says that not everybody wants it, Kevin. Mm -hmm. People. Not everybody wants what you're selling, but it doesn't stop me from earnestly and honestly and heartfelt 
want that for other people. So I am out trying to convince other people, hey, there's this other side, at least come look at it, entertain it. And let's have a let's have a conversation. I promise I'm not pushy. I promise I don't I'm not here to belittle anybody uh, or to be judgmental. And it's it's something that I actually wrestle with, right? How do I say, I look at you, I make an assumption, clearly I'm admitting to that, right? And I want to help you change when that person is like, you know what, Kevin, F you, I don't, I don't want to change. I'm happy and perfect the way I am. It, who am I to say, well, no, you're not, right? And that's, <laughs> as a coach, I, I do, I feel called to, to, I have a podcast so I can reach more people with this message that, hey, you know what? At 59, I'm in the absolute 100% best shape of my life, and I'm not so sure the best isn't yet to come. I want that for you. I want that to be yours. I want you to at least be open to that conversation. And probably what's happening is the universe is putting people in front of me that are ready for that message. <laughs> and it's not me preaching, mm -hmm. so to speak, this message. But it's, Because do you I, think that people don't that maybe need that or that you think that need that don't know that that's possible? I think what I think is that they think what has to happen is so odious that they don't want to, they don't want to, I don't want to give up what I have. I'm comfortable where I am. That's what mm -hmm. I think. And I think that the other half is that, oh God, I don't want to do what, you know, when somebody looks at me, they're judgmental of me. And they're like, oh, I, I don't want to do what that guy does. He clearly, mm -hmm. he sucks down kale smoothies and lives in the gym. <sighs> I don't do either of those things. I don't skip dessert. I, you know, I have a full rich life, but I'm also, you know, I've, I've optimized my health and I feel very strongly that this, again, this, I have this sacred, physicality that I want to honor at the same time. And I do want that for other people, yeah. but it's kind of like the, it's, you know, bringing the, what is it? The horse to, you bring a horse to water, you can't make them drink, but maybe that horse isn't thirsty or maybe it's not the right time. And that's why when we connected, this was the conversation I specifically wanted to have because I've not really had anybody. Most of the, my people that are on my show, we're, we're, it's an echo chamber. I'm, people should be healthy and fit and lean and strong. And then my guest says, yes, people should be lean and healthy and fit and strong. But clearly there are other views on this, right? So I, I appreciate you being willing to listen to me babble about this and, and my thoughts. And I, I love being open to other ideas and trying to understand different points of views because it changes who I am as a person, right? I grow as a person when I hear views that are not my own. I mean, if I, mm -hmm. I don't grow very I mean, much if I'm only hearing myself I think all I can speak. do is speak from my experience, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, that's, that's the lens that I look through the world. That's how we all are. We just look through the lens of our own combined experiences. And I try to remind myself every day. So I will say that I'm in progress <laughs> in terms of recovering from perfectionism, recovering from control. I can see all the ways in my life that I've used control to keep me safe, to keep me feeling like there's stability to keep the world is a freaking chaotic place and control helps us feel safe and I know all the ways and I, there's probably ways I don't even know where I still do that and so this just happens to be one of the areas that I'm dissecting in my life around how do I want to show up in this because in the past I showed up out of control like I know the way if you just do it this way I promise you'll be happy do it and yeah. what I am coming to realize is that your life and my life and everyone else's life is like millions of micro situations that have occurred in our lifetime that create us who we are today. And if I experienced all of those things that you've experienced in your life in the exact way that you did, I'd be exactly you. 
and same for somebody else. And so it's sort of this beautiful understanding of accepting what is and knowing that I want to do good in the world and help people who feel like they want to make a, a transition or a change or something that is better serving for them. But I, I'm not hiding. I'm on the internet. I'm here. I'm trying to grow our company. But um, and I and I feel like I am doing it in a way that I feel way more rooted in self and way more rooted in like oh this is like good for somebody's body and soul and spirit and emotional well being. But I'm doing it in a way now that's very different than the way that I used to do it, which used to be all knowing, all prescriptive, all and now I'm sort of like a little bit more open. And it's very scary for me to be that way because it's kind of the antithesis to control. <laughs> and control is where I feel very safe. And so for me, hmm. I'm like, I just I don't really know. Like if somebody comes to me and that's that's the thing about people being in bigger bodies is like they automatically get the judgment. They automatically get the like, oh, well, this person's in the fitness industry. So like they're going to project this on me. And I just don't know everything. And I feel like science is amazing. And I used to be like way like obsessive about all of the science and the research and this. And I realized that I was taking it way too far. And I was actually like not in life. I was like in a different world. And so I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's our own journey. But for me personally, when I kind of surrender a little bit more and just trust this process of like, okay, I'm here obviously to deliver this message. So if I've gotten this far, then the community of people who need me will show up. But it does take a little bit of, for me personally, I've had to, I've, it's been hard work because it's work that I've had to do on the inside because I, I did used to, I'm embarrassed to say, come from the perspective of this is the best diet. This is the best, like you should do this. You should do that. And like the only person I should really be shooting is myself. Like, so I, 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 I don't know if that's helpful. And I just want to, again, commend you for being open to have this conversation because I know these yeah, are really yeah. tough conversations. I really understand that. They are, but these are the conversations I really cherish. And I, you know, I'll admit 100, 100% to being guilty of that. I know the way, right? I, I have this framework. And look, when I say I have this framework or I have this knowledge, I, I've got my certifications, right? I, I don't know any secrets that you can't find on Google or that other good coaches don't know, right? But I do feel that I fall into that trap of saying, I know what's best for you. And that, that is very arrogant as I sit here speaking to you. That's a very arrogant philosophy to hold in, in some ways. And so I do wrestle with this within myself saying, you know, where is, where is that right line? So that brings me to my question. When I talk about that line, you're an entrepreneur. How do we market or how do you market? How are you marketing to your audience? Uh, how are you branding yourself? How do you speak to your people? And how do you, I mean, it's one thing to say, Hey, the universe will put people in front of me and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be able to provide for myself financially in that way. But then there's the financial reality of, Hey, look, I've, I've got to, I have to have paying clients. I have to deliver outstanding value in order to get more clients. How do you market? How do you message if we're not? quote unquote, shooting, which I, yeah. I think I agree that I think we both agree probably is is in bad taste there, the shooting, right? Um, well, you know, it's funny when we were in the thick of our old business model, I remember just my, uh, you know, my co-founder is in charge of our growth. And I remember us just really bumping heads and really coming up along lots of challenges about how we were doing the marketing. And I remember one day going, okay, you know what you don't want. <laughs> so what do you want? And I came in my office and I wrote on my whiteboard, authentic marketing. I'm like, people are done being sold. 
Like what do I, I want something that's authentic. And so this is not like a, we, so anyway, when we, when we rebranded and went down this path, I really feel grateful for my co-founder because he remained really open. Um, I also feel I want to extend myself some gratitude because, the, uh, you know, like I, I really was like, I'm going to, I just couldn't, I couldn't back down. And, and I have, we have an incredible team here of, of experts and uh, professionals who really were behind me on the mission. I think it was more kind of the, the behind the scenes, like working out of, of the business model with my co-founder that was really hard, but we did it. And we have, we are so aligned and can really show up in this business and really offer each other really unique strengths for one another. So I just, I, I don't know. I can't, it's hard for me to answer that because um, it's not like I just wake up and go, okay, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Like I have quarterly roadmaps. I have head of technology. I have someone in charge of all of our growth. Like it's all there. It's just that when we put something out into the world now, we have a different process around it. We have more checks and balances. What is our, and a lot of it again stems from, well, what's your intention? Are you trying to sell something or are you trying to help someone? And usually mm, that right yeah. there will shift it. So it's not that I just like threw the baby out with the bathwater and don't practice any sort of business model. Uh, we have really buttoned up uh, business practices here, actually. It's more that I shifted my intention and from that is where the birth of this company comes from. I love I love all of that. And, and that is that falls right in line with the way I want to market, right? I want to give away a ton of free information. And that will, I guess that goes back to the back to the if people are open to this message, it will land with them. And if not, then they're not my tribe, right? That's not the people I'm speaking I mean to. When we were in the right. old business model and we were transferring into this, I was plugged into a bunch of marketers and people who are great people. I still enjoyed spending time with them. But there were people who were like, you will not be able to sell this. This is not sexy. Mm. And I remember having to sit with that and go, I just have invested tons of my own money. I sold this home that I own that was in my family that I promised I would never sell um, to make this happen. Like I'm taking the most financial risk I've ever taken. I still feel really solid about it and I don't know why. And I, I feel like I need to keep going, but this is really jarring to hear this. And um, I'll never forget as we launched and we started growing the membership base, there were people person after person after person. Thank you so much. I didn't even know I needed this. You are setting me free. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm getting out of jail. Where have mm. you been? And I was like, oh, they're out there. They are out there. And so it requires and still is requiring, I'm in my seed round of funding right now, a ton of trust. But I think if you can tap into you and tap into what you feel you need to be doing on this planet, and I speak to you, but to what I say is to everyone, I think that there does have to be some trust. Now, again, it's not just sit back and let's hope it all comes together. <laughs> um, but I do think that tapping into what you're supposed to do in the context of how you're supposed to help other people, if that's coming, you know when where that's coming from. We all have that voice inside that's like you're on the right path and you know when you are. And so a lot of this time I have to surrender to, yeah, some people say my product's not sexy. Some people say you're not selling weight loss. No one wants to buy that. And that's that's their opinion. And there are people who do want it. Okay. So yeah, I love that idea of being purpose-driven. That's something I'm very in tune with now, being knowing your purpose and your passion and sharing that with others. And that goes back to where's that line between me sharing because I'm being judgmental and I know what's best for you, back to my, my preacher analogy, 
and to that place of authentic, I really, really believe this. And I, but I also am open to the fact that it's just complete bullshit for you. It's just, it's not, it's not for you. I, that doesn't change the fact that out of love and respect, <laughs> I think it could be, yeah. but that's just kind of the way I'm wired. But there's this new marketing reality now with social media, with projects like podcasts, you and I both do podcasts, where we can have these long nuanced conversations, we can kind of brand our messages, we can, we can speak our truth, talk about our passions, it, it organically will draw in the audience that is most likely to want to work with us. And I suppose there's a financial marketing strategy in that, right? You build a audience, you build a base, you roll out a product. And I suppose there's just then the line is, am I Am I delivering this product with integrity, intention, and love, or am I trying to sell something? Am I in this to make money? Look, there, I, and I, Lord knows, I don't believe there's anything wrong with making money or even making a lot of money, but there is a line between uh, I'm going to prey on somebody's insecurities because I know good and well it can make me rich versus, hey, I have this message, hear me out, <laughs> um, and if it's for you, Come, jo come join us, right? And, and if you become a, a paying client, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. We honor that. But if you don't, stay. Stay in this community and, and take what you can and share with others, things of that nature. So I think there is a new reality and a new financial reality in marketing in these in these niches, if you will. And you, you guys have certainly carved out a, a fantastic niche, which I have to believe is just with with the, just the way our industry, again, going back to our industry is broken. It's, it's a crappy industry. There's so much conflicting and just downright dangerous information floating around there. Social media just throws gas on all of that. The popular regular news media also does a horrible job of communicating to us. And it leaves a, a lot of us just broken and disgusted with our, the entire industry. And I, I think that's a shame because I think there's a lot of good in it. Yeah. I mean, I, used to run a company that apps, I mean, I thought I was like, had good intentions. But you know, when I look back on our marketing tactics, I'm like, whoa, like, I, I would never do it that way again. And you know, I, I just have to sit in self grace and forgiveness. I was just doing the best that I knew how to do it at the time. But I'll never forget when I was talking with my co founder because I would always take like different angles. I'm like, okay, you want to talk about growth, and you want to talk about funnels, and you want to talk about conversion, and you want to talk about retention. Um, and you want to talk about sustainability, people are going to be onto this form of marketing. This is not a sustainable business model. So I would always like take that approach too. I'm like, people are waking up. People are know when yeah. they're being sold now. And so yeah. what what I do now is I I tell everyone in our company, profits are important. That's how we continue to grow the company. Like I'm not, this is not like some, I have to run a business, but profits are second here. That's not where I make decisions from. And so if you make a decision for a, a profit margin, you're going to make a different decision than if you make a decision for the human being behind the product. So I'm trying to make decisions for not only the people who are buying my products, but the people who are building my products. Like it's not, it doesn't just stop with the consumer. Like I care about the people who work here too, which is something, sure. maybe we yeah. do a whole different episode on that because our culture doesn't value that. But if we can put the human being first and the profit second, we, we're so afraid that there's not going to be enough money. And if we don't do it this way, we're not going to get the thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happens if we just we just do what's best for the human being first? And then we can we can figure out profits are just math. <laughs> like 
We can math all day. We can figure this out, I promise. But let's start from there. And I feel like everybody knows that's a different line and a different thing for every single person. So in our company, the way I do it is I actually have assigned brand, I have an assigned role here in the company as brand advocate. So this person, uh, like if, if our content team comes up with something, I'm like, oh, did you run it by the brand advocate? Oh, the marketing team. Oh, did you run it by her? She's got to review everything. So it's like we have some checks and balances because sometimes we're going fast and, you know, we did come from this kind of like, you know, sleazy marketing, da, da, da. like we, we have those skills. So I want to make sure we're not using them. Right. So I just yeah. figure out the way that our company can succeed at that. And we find checks and balances and we do what works for us. And that might not work for somebody else. But for us, I really it's important to me that everyone knows that the person is first. And the profits are second. And it's, I know it's hard, but we can, we can figure out the business plan. We can figure out the math to make it work. I promise. Wow. I, I, that really lands with me. I love that idea of humans first, profits second, 100% have to reflect back on myself, my own small growing business, making sure I'm making all of my decisions from that perspective. Absolutely love all of that. Well, now, Katie, you have You've mentioned We Shape your business several times. You've talked about the shift that you've made towards that. People might be going, wait, We Shape, what is that? What are you doing? I, I get the, the gist of your philosophy. Talk a little bit about what it is and how you apply it to people. Yeah. So when uh, we actually have a special link for any of your guests who are interested, they can go to weshape.com backslash silver edge for a two week free trial. And, and what we do is people come in, they take a quiz, we try to understand what your body needs. And then uh, we deliver workouts. So you can use them once a week, you could use them five days, whatever works for you. And the workouts are essentially, uh, they're scalable in real time. So behind the scenes, it's very complicated. We have thousands of movement variations and um, exercises. But for the customer experience, it's very easy. They just push play. And then in real time, we'll pull the movement or video file that's appropriate for their needs. So it's kind of like having a really skilled personal trainer, but through a computer screen. Uh and then we also offer people daily community calls via Zoom so they can call in and talk to our coaches and see if they have questions about pain or movement. They can just join a community call to connect with people. We have a podcast that we release every week and then we have a discussion every week on Zoom. Um, so yeah, it's basically real-time scalable workouts at home with a, a large element of education, community, and live calls. Fantastic. I guess that goes back to your, would you say the four pillars were movement, belief, community, and, and intention? Is that right? Yes, you got it. Tying all that, tie, yeah, tying all that together That's uh, with that technology. That's, uh, that's, that's amazing. I love the work you guys are doing. I love the message you have out there. I love that goal of helping people feel better in their body and not necessarily, you know, if you're not ready to change your body, not ready to change your body. Let us just help you feel beautiful in your body, feel well in your body. So, all right. Well, Katie, What's what's next for you? What's what's on the horizon? Obviously, you've got this business. You made this pivot. Uh, I, I would guess that you are focused, pretty laser focused on growing your business. But what's what's on the horizon for you folks in the next year or two years, or for you personally, for that matter? Yeah, I mean, I have two young daughters, so uh, I I spend a lot of time with them. I take my role in their lives very seriously. And then our goal here is to grow the community and to continue to build a network of professionals who can assist in this, right? So like right now, we're running a special speaker series with Dr. Lisa Folden, who's a physical therapist and a, a breaking up with toxic diet culture expert. She comes in and does seminars for us. Um, I just want to build and grow the community and get 
you know, all the people who are ready to go down a different path in the same room, supporting one another. And so, yeah, I'm just going to continue to build the company where, like I said, we're in the middle of our seed round of funding. We're about to close that. So I'm just doing one step at a time and uh, continuing to just come back to myself and check in with what I know is, you know, kind of the work that I meant to do. And that's, this is where I am today. So that's the work I'm doing. Fantastic. I love it. And how can people connect with you? What's the best way? Where do you want to send them? Um, yeah, like I said, they can go to weshape.com backslash silver edge or we're on all Is that social- a backslash or a slash? Uh, backslash. Okay, got it. And um, we're on all social channels. We have two social accounts. So we have We Shape Podcast is one of our handles where we just have all the podcast clips. And then we have just We Shape and that's all movement related content. So helping people move better in their body so they feel better in their body. Fantastic. And folks, I will put links to all of that in the show notes. You guys can find that there. Katie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing not just your wisdom and your knowledge and your message with us, but really being open and willing to have a conversation. I absolutely love your message. I love how you speak to the world and wish you all the best in all your future endeavors. It's been such an honor. And I really appreciate your open-mindedness, your curiosity. It's been a great, great podcast to be on. So thank you so much. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other fantastic free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So please feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and you can find those over at silveredgefitness.com slash 202. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. One is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to please consider giving this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcast on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today and until next time, stay strong.